When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You are listening to Rum Buncher Radio. This is episode number 81 as we continue to roll along here in spring training. Trey Yannity, Marty Lee back with you as always as we are rejoined this week by Jason Mackey. Excited to have Jason back on, of course, with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can you can find him on Twitter at jmackeypg. Guys, go to Sweets his articles, the latest in Pittsburgh Pirates coverage, the best in Pittsburgh Pirates coverage, Jason Mackey. And I'm really excited for this episode because, you know, the first time we had John a couple weeks ago, we got to know about you and kind of what the craft is like. But tonight we're going to dive a little bit more in on the Pirates for this season and everything going on. Of course, um, you know, some devastating headlines today for the fans. O'Neill Cruz has been assigned to AAA to begin the season. Um, you know, this is this is next in line and some difficult news pieces these last couple weeks. No Brian Reynolds extension. Now O'Neill Cruz uh, will not begin uh, opening day on the roster. I saw you had some predictions of what's going to happen next. I hope, you know, we don't see some kind of Costanza situation with a World Series trophy being driven around a parking lot. But how are you doing, Jason? Why don't you take, uh, of course, on O'Neill Cruz to, to get us started tonight? Yeah, guys, thanks so much for having me back. I'm, I'm happy to do it. I thought last last time we talked, I thought it was one of – that was one of my favorite podcast episodes, period, or like guesting appearances – you know, that I've, I've ever done. And I've done a lot of them. And I thought it was really cool that we talked about the profession. Like that was stuff that I don't, I don't get a chance to talk about a lot. So, so thank you for that. Um, yeah, it's been weird, man. It's, it's been a really weird day. Um, I guess I knew going in that the Pirates probably weren't going to keep O'Neill Cruz with the big club. Um, you know, that's to say nothing of Brian Reynolds. Like I expected them to take him to an arbitration hearing over 650 and we'll leave that for another day but like the cruise stuff i really thought he had done enough to warrant the second look um the defense has been good enough the power has been absolutely incredible and i mean obviously it complicates your middle infield situation it complicates who else you're looking at there you want to allocate playing time to kevin newman etc but you know they talk so much and i wrote this they talk so much about a player-centric culture and players you know, dictating their careers and players wanting being able to like, you know, pick drills and do what they feel is best for them. Um, not that there's, you know, there shouldn't be some sort of like rule or constraint or whatever uh, for the betterment of the team, for the betterment of them. But like if a player shows them they're ready for something, they're talking about being willing to accept it and embracing that. To me, O'Neill Cruz spent a lot of this spring showing that he's able to do this, you know, and I want to keep hearing from O'Neill Cruz say like, okay, if you're going to struggle, I'll send you down. But until you do that, I want to see you thrive. I want to give you this opportunity. And I mean, that's my opinion. I certainly understand why somebody would say, look, we have to prioritize development. The long term is more important than the short term. I get all that. Um, But I also understand, like, I want to hear the player out. I want to let this player make his case. And even with the week left in spring, you know, what's the crime in letting this kid 
show me. Like, keep playing him a couple times and see what he has. I think we have a pretty good idea of who some other people are on this roster. We're still finding out about O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, that last point you made is a big one for me. Um, I Coming into spring training, everyone expected him to start during the minors, no matter what he did. But I'm with you where I feel like he'd done enough to at least keep him here to the end of spring, make him one of the final cuts, let him continue to show what he's got. Like you said, Kevin Newman or, or Cole Tucker, whoever it might be, you know what you have in them for the most part. And, you know, maybe Tucker's a bit of a poor example because he had a great spring. His swing looks completely different, so it's a little bit of a different situation. But a lot of these guys, you know what you have in them. And with Cruz, it just it's frustrating. It, from, from Purely from a fan standpoint, it is extremely frustrating to see this happen. And you know why they're doing it. I get it. I get the control stuff. But my hope was with the new CBA and a guy like O'Neill Cruz – who legitimately could be a top two or three finisher for rookie of the year, at which point nixes that seventh year of control anyway, that they were going to be willing to be a little more aggressive with him. And I think it's a little bit different than Ronji Contreras also, where there's definitely a strong argument that could be made for Ronji Contreras to be an opening day roster, and that's an argument I have made. But with pitchers, there is almost always something more that can be worked on developmentally, especially a pitcher's youngest Contreras. I think he's only, what, 22 or 23 yet? But with Cruz... Man, like you said, that defense had come along. The power was there. We saw it last year in the minors. We saw it in his cup of coffee in the majors. We saw it in the spring. It's just, it's very much one of those, like, what does this kid have left to prove situations? And this the, the player-centric thing, because I know you've talked a lot about that. I've seen Alex Stump talking a lot about it. Yep. And it's very true. You know, you look at everything that's transpired in the last week, and it's it, – to an extent, comes off as the Pirates almost talking out of both sides of their mouth on this one, which is never a good look for anybody. But yeah, it, it's it's it wasn't necessarily unexpected coming into spring, but it still doesn't make it any less frustrating that here we are and the guy who you know may already be the second or third best player on your roster uh, with limitless potential is going to be starting the year at AAA. Yeah, and I mean I understand if he struggled. Right. Like if he made a bunch of exactly. errors or he hit 100 in the spring and struck out a bunch or whatever, like, okay, you, you sent him in triple A. You know, I don't think he's owed a spot. No. But I, at the same time, like, I don't understand this automatic, like, we knew what this is going to be about. This was, you know, he never had a chance, blah, blah, blah. Why, why not? Why, why not? You're telling me he's defensively deficient? Well, I can show you a whole bunch of players in the past couple of years that the Pirates have ran out there that have been defensively deficient. You know, what What are we talking about here? Mm -hmm. O'Neill Cruz theoretically has shown us that he has more power than a lot of these guys. And and again, I mean, maybe he's running into a couple in spring training and maybe he's going to struggle. I, I, I don't know. But, you know, if we're going to make decisions to build the club in other ways, you know, based on this stuff, like whether it's Diego Castillo or whether it's how to configure the starting rotation, bullpen jobs or whatever, like you're telling me those numbers are valid. But what O'Neill Cruz is doing right now, that's not valid because his defense is bad. But other players' defense is bad, and we're not getting rid of them. So mm -hmm. I, there, there's, there's some logical missteps there. And, I mean, what it is is what you're talking about, like club control. You're going to try to get the extra year. You're going to try to prevent him from being super two or whatever. Now, I do understand. I do understand that Derek Shelton talked about this today, about needing more time for him to play the outfield. Like, I do think there's future there. I don't want him to just play one game and then be run out there and be uncomfortable or whatever. But why in the world did we get to two and a half weeks into spring training before we're starting him playing the outfield? Mm -hmm. 
And like, it's not even like he arrived here having done a lot of that this offseason. It was foreign to him. He didn't even have a glove. And I mean, so, so like now we just don't have enough time. You had two and a half weeks before this. So I don't understand that part of it either. Yeah. And that was one thing I kind of addressed on Twitter and was just absolutely jumped by the Twitter mob for. And I think people were misunderstanding what I was getting at. The game when he started in the field, I said, this is maybe he's not just shortstop of the future. The biggest thing with Cruz is that bat. So this is the time for him to be playing. If you want to experiment with the outfield, first base, whatever it is, this is when you do it. You do it in spring. Like you said, Jason, it shouldn't be two weeks in spring training. Like, all right, go play left field. We'll see how it goes. If you're truly going to do that, you should have been doing it most of the spring. And, you know, not, not the hamper on O'Neill Cruz this entire time, but one more thing I'll say about the defense. You know, you talk about meaning to work on his defense or whatever. Defensively, he has seen fine at shortstop. And not to compare him to this player or anything, but last year, Fernando Tatis had 21 errors, and his defensive run right. save shortstop was negative nine. If you hit, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter. And if you can give you that offense while being at shortstop and not being a complete disaster, it just adds to your value. And just, yeah, it's extremely frustrating from a fan's point of view. And, you know, it's it's going to – I will say this too. I do ahead of time get out in front of it. I feel bad for Kevin Newman because that guy's going to be the target of so much anger and vitriol that's not going to be warranted this season. And no matter how well he does, and God forbid if he struggles, like he, like if he just does what he's done in the past offensively, that dude's going to get fried and roasted by Pirate yeah. fans. And I already feel bad for him because I can see it coming. You know what's funny, Marty, is like if, if O'Neill Cruz would go down and let's say he hits a bunch, feels like crap, and we get to like June, you know, we're, we're past the Super 2 cutoff. They've delayed him from picking up this year of service time. I guarantee you he comes up. I guarantee you they talk about, well, the defense is going to be good enough. You know, we feel like he's made strides and, you know, errors aren't an accurate measure. Mm -hmm. They'll present it in some way yep. that, like, he, it doesn't matter what he feels. It doesn't matter if he hits as good as he can, if he shows that sort of power. But, again, to our point, like, he's showing that right now. Why not look at it, continue to look at it right now? And – if you make a few errors, I, frankly, I don't know about you guys. Like, I don't, I don't care. Nope. If you can hit 460-foot home runs, exactly. if you can hit a home run out of the park from one knee and, and do the different kind of things he can do with the plate, I don't care how you feel. Just find a place to put him. Absolutely. You know, again, not apples to oranges, but 2013, 2014, 2015, his defense was never there. But when Pedro Alvarez was hitting 40 home runs a year, man, you forgot yeah. about a lot of that defense. It's easy One, and this group has the DH. Yeah, that's the thing. You now can, you, you yeah. can imagine if they could have DH'd Pedro. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, that's yeah, that changes everything. Cause even if you're a guy who you struggle defensively and you take that to the plate with you, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Put him at DH if you need to, if he's going through a stretch defensively and let him sort his mind. It's just the options are limitless right now. And you know, like Derek Shelton today, I, I felt bad for him having to fall on that sword because you know Derek Shelton much rather have O'Neill Cruz on his roster than not. But he has to be the the front man for this and fall on the sword of the medium. You know, to his credit, he did a good job of it. But man, I'm sure he was he was hurting inside answering those questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's just kind of been so interesting to follow. You know what this front office has done with certain players. It's almost you know you, you trust so much in what they've done in, in this rebuild with the draft picks and you know the signings and trades everything else but you know they're almost not willing to appease the fans in certain areas and i think it gets super frustrating when you see guys like Vlad Jr, you know Acuña guys around the age of O'Neill Cruz go up 
have success, have MVP like seasons. And, um, you know, no crew's not even going to get the chance for the first month. But, you know, how, how much does this affect that rookie of the year campaign? If he gets up in May, you know, can he still win that award, in your opinion? I mean, I think he can, uh, but I think we're several steps down the road at this point. Um, you know, look, based on what I've seen from O'Neal Cruz, I don't feel comfortable putting limits on anything with him other than the fact that I think what he's told us so far is, is he's probably an inconsistent at best defender. Um, I hope I'd be wrong about that. I hope they'd put him at shortstop and he'd never make an error again. That'd be fantastic. That'd be a lot of fun to cover. But, you know, he – has been inconsistent with making routine plays, routine throws or whatever. And, you know, again, I can live with it. I don't, I don't really care. But um, as far as his offense, man, like how, how can you sit here and watch this kid and tell me he's not going to do this or this power is not going to play at the major league level? It has. It has. I mean, there's certainly some questions about his consistency. I think they're fair. I have them. I'm sure the Pirates have them. I'm sure you guys have them. But to me, there's only one way to find out and let them go. Let them keep going. You know, if I, like if I'm, if I'm parenting and I have two little kids at home, like if, if my older son is showing me like, I can do this, dad, I can do this on my bike or I can, you know, build this or I can, whatever project I'm doing and he's showing me he can do it. Why wouldn't I trust him? Why wouldn't I give him the latitude to show me how far he can go with something? I might be amazed. And then if my son is, you know, in some sort of danger, it's not going to be good. Like, I'm going to step in and be a parent. And I would expect the same for the Pirates. Like, if O'Neill Cruz was legitimately, like, you know, really down or really having a bad time, the Pirates would step in and say, look, the best thing for you to grow up to be the, be the best baseball player you can is to go down to the minors. It's just like I, I wouldn't feel right as a parent taking my son's bike away and saying, like, nope, you can't try that. Nope, nope, I, I've decided that you can't do that. Like that, that's just, that seems dumb to me. And that's very much what they're doing here. Yeah. No, it's been nonsense. And, um, you know, you talk about the defense too. Look at last year's team. They were incredibly defensively efficient. One of the best in baseball. You know, they didn't win a whole lot of games. And we see a similar outlook for this year. So it would just make sense at this point for O'Neill Cruz to start you know, with the big league club on opening day. But, um, you know, enough O'Neill Cruz talk. Got to get away from some of the negatives. Turn to the positives a little bit. Just kind of an update from spring training, what these last few days have been like, you know, after roster cuts and, um, you know, kind of what you expect to see in, in the in the following week here to to close it out in Bradenton. Well, guys, I can't say that, that any of the moves of late were really a surprise to me. Um, I wrote a thing yesterday that, you know, had Diego Castillo on the roster, had Hoy Park on the roster. I expect those guys to stay. Um, you know, some of the reliever stuff they need to sort out, some of the starting rotation stuff they need to sort out. Um, and I expect that next week to be about this. Um, I, I do think it, a sort of interesting storyline the rest of the way here is who separates himself from the pack in terms of starting pitchers. Um, obviously, Mitch Keller's look really good, and that's been fun to follow. Um you know, a lot of people are down on Jose Quintana, and I certainly understand why, but I think based on where he's been, what the Pirates are paying him or whatever, like he's going to start. Um, what happens with like JT Brubaker, Zach Thompson, Bryce Wilson, Dylan Peters, Will Crow? Um, you know, do they go with a five man, a six man? Um, I know in the piece that I wrote, like I have them going with a six man, they could still go five. I'm not sure. Sort it out. That'd be two guys in the bullpen. You got to figure out what you're sort of configuration is going to be there. But with O'Neill Cruz going down, um, I think it says something quite a bit, like Kevin Newman's more than likely going to be your shortstop. I, I got a tough time seeing them go with somebody other than Cole Tucker at this point. 
I feel like his he's been their best option at second base. I, I I'm not sure I'd be playing like you know Diego Castillo or Hoy Park over him. Um, nothing against those guys. I just think Tucker is the more seasoned MLB player. Um, something else I'm looking for: Greg Allen. Like, is he real? He was on base three times today. Stole two bases. Scored a couple of runs. Like. This kid makes things happen, man. He's a good defensive outfielder. Has a little bit of pop. I like him a lot. Anthony Alford has struggled. Um, Alford would probably still be on my team, but I like I like Allen and what he provides depth wise. Um, so I want to see what that happens. You know what happens there. Uh, Mitch Keller probably has what one two starts left. Uh, boy, was today fun. He looks really legit. I'm buying that stock, uh, and I want to see if if that continues. So. I don't know. That's all over the board, but that's kind of where my head's at with that stuff. Yeah, I'm with you big time on the starting rotation. Um, it'll be curious how it shakes out. I think, like you said, Quintana's in it. People don't like it, but yeah, we touched on this a little bit last time you were on. You need someone who's going to go out every five days and eat innings, which he will. Um, him and Keller are definitely the locks. And from there, it gets interesting. And I, I've also thought about the six-man stuff, especially with them taking 28 players north and not 26 with the abbreviated spring training. And second base, I do think will be interesting also. Uh, Cole Tucker, I agree, probably your best option right now. But I would be curious to see how long of a leash they give him, especially with how good Park and Castillo have looked in spring. You know, if yeah. Tucker is out two, three weeks in and is the Cole Tucker of the past offensively, how quickly do you go to one of those guys? Um, you know, personally, I hope it pans out for Cole Tucker. Uh, it's a story for another day with – between you and I, we've told on the podcast before of me meeting Cole Tucker the night of my wedding, Nick and I did, and it was it was an interesting story. But um, so I've always kind of pulled for the guy personally. But nice. yeah, if if it does, he's a real good kid, man. Real oh, great guy. Kid. I mean, the, the state of mind that Nick and I, and my buddy John, who shout out to John, I know you're a loyal listener of the pod, were in at this point of the night when we met him for him to deal with us for five minutes like he did. Credit to the guy. But um, <laughs> yeah, if uh, I'll just be curious to see if he does struggle, how long of a leash they give him, and even some of these starters like you know, Brubaker or Wilson, whoever it might be, if they do come out and struggle, when do we see them maybe flip them with a guy that might be in the bullpen? When do we see them maybe go to a Ronzi Contreras or whoever it might be? So, yeah, I, I do think for the first probably month or two of the season, there will be a lot of moving parts on this roster as they try to establish, you know, who who is going to potentially be a key piece moving forward and who is not. It's interesting to me, guys. I don't know what you think about this. The way they've stacked out the starting rotation so far, like, I think Will Crow is a spot. I think Quintana has a spot. I mean, obviously, Keller has a spot. Um, beyond that, like, Brubaker has not started a game. Zach Thompson, who was a reliever slash starter, had relieved for the past couple of years before last year, has not pitched out of the bullpen. Um, is that the way they see it? I don't know. Uh, and Bryce Wilson has done, like, one and one. Um, I've liked Zach Thompson as a starter. Dylan Peters, Mike Persack, and I were talking about this on the drive home from dinner. Like, he's been really good for them. I, you know, not that I'm going to like give, give Dylan Peters a Cy Young award, but I, I might give him a spot in the starting rotation. He's been serviceable. Uh, if you ask four or five innings of him, he's probably going to be okay. Um, but at, at the same time, like I just rattled off, I think seven names, at least one is going to have to go to the bullpen. So I don't, I don't know who, but it, that, Honestly, with the O'Neill Cruz domino falling, that might be the the most intriguing thing to me. The rest of the way is the starting rotation and what happens. Yeah, one one more quick note of the rotation too with Thompson. You mentioned how he has started every appearance. Part of my train of thought is if he, you know, one of the three players you bring back for Jacob Stallings. My thought is you at least want to give him every opportunity as a starter, yeah. if nothing else, to try and maximize the value you got in return for Jacob Stallings. 
I'm with you, Marty. And I think there's like a perception thing too, right? Like you, yeah. you make that trade, you trade away your gold glove winning catcher. Oh, well, we got a starting pitcher. And obviously if he blows up, you're not going to continue doing that. But if he's serviceable, I think you'd probably like to keep him. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if he comes out and does what he did for Miami as a starter last year, it's a lot easier to tote that trade then because if he can give you 25 sure. – I mean, I realize he only made like 14 starts with the Marlins. If he gives you 25 to 30 starts with a mid-three ERA, that trade looks oh. a lot different in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. Well, and also, not to go off on too far of a tangent, but like Roberto Perez has been pretty good. Yeah. These guys are like raving about Roberto Perez and how he's able to like slow them down and work with them and – some good stuff coming out of there, man. Like the physical tools have been fine, but it really seems like Pirates pitchers are taking a liking to throw into him. Yeah, the, the biggest thing with Perez, and I've said this as I sign him, is he if he stays healthy, if he stays healthy, you should be okay at catcher. The guy's won multiple gold gloves for a reason. Just health hasn't always been his friend, but if he's healthy, you, you should be just fine there and shouldn't really have too much of a drop-off, if any, from Stallings. Yeah. Yeah, just so much consistency. I love that move. And, you know, I think there was a little bit of, um, you know, negative energy with the Stallings trade. But I think that that trade is going to look more valuable, um, you know, as time goes on there as well. But going to be so interesting to see how this pitching rotation shakes out. Starting to see, you know, the, the depth of this organization come into play at the big league level, uh, you know, for the first time. So going to be fun to, to watch how that shakes out. Jason, we've kept you for for long enough now. We know you got a very busy schedule. So we want to get you out of here. But just kind of your closing thoughts as we approach – this 2020 season, almost a week away now, you know, as you wrap it up in Bradenton, what you're looking forward to um, closing it out there and, and everything else going on in Pittsburgh once you get set up? Man, I'm looking, I'm looking forward slash I'm sad about going to St. Louis. It's weird that it's like a week away, man. I was making travel plans earlier today to like, oh my goodness, I got to fly out of here in a week. Like I just got to Florida, you know, and this off season has been so weird. Whereas like I was down here in November for the get better at baseball camp pitchers thing and December and then like minor league camp and this blah 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 so anyway um you know I mean that's the logistical end the 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 reporter end of it um which I, I really like it, it is fun once we get into the run of the regular season but as far as the Pirates um I worry a little bit about Key Brian Hayes's ankle um you know we we didn't touch too much on it but he rolled his ankle couple days ago and the pirates do have a history of kind of like underplaying injuries that are more significant. Like I could cut my hand off and then that say I have like wrist discomfort or something like that on day to day. Uh, so that worries me a little bit, but um, you know, I, I think their bullpen can be better. I'm going to dance around on a couple things, but you know, their bullpen was really bad last season. I think they could be halfway decent this season. If they get a lead, if they get one of these starters to sort of transition well to that, group um you know i like stratton bednar um anthony bombas look pretty darn good keith Embry, um they have some guys down there that can handle themselves and you know offensively i think the pirates could stand to be better than they were last year uh, daniel vogelbach homering today he's had some decent at bats this spring just doesn't have a lot to show for it um so that's an area where i i feel like the pirates can make some strides to me, the biggest question mark with them is what they get out of their starting pitching. Unquestionable. I was talking to Will Crow and Mitch Keller about this both today, saying, like, if you line up the Pirates where we can affect change, the biggest um, – how do I want to put it? Room for growth, area for improvement or whatever is with the starting pitchers. And they stunk last season. But if they can be even halfway decent – and Mitch Keller is a perfect example of this. I think the Pirates can actually have a – at least watchable year. And if they're bad, we have another 100 loss season. <laughs> 
Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it really, you know, it's a it's a fun staff because there's so much ceiling here. And with Mitch Keller especially, you know, we've seen it all offseason. We've seen the bullpen sessions, and now we've seen it in spring training. Is this going to be the season where he finally turns that corner? You got to hope so, um, you know, if you're a Pirates fan. And the rest of the staff, too, who's going to emerge? You know, who's going to be the nice breakout story with that group? And the bullpen, too, you know, who's going to come out? Uh, you know, when that's all said and done. But Jason, thank you so much for coming on with us again. It's always such a pleasure. And we're going to try to have you on throughout the regular season at times. So can't thank you enough for keeping us updated, giving us the, the Bradenton breakdown there, uh, spring training <laughs> reports. So thanks so much, I love man. It, guys. As I always. hope we can do it all year. Always yeah. a pleasure. No Absolutely. Doubt. Thank you. We appreciate it. Great, CJ. So Marty, I think we're going to wrap it up here a little bit, um, yeah. you know, with just kind of a, a little bit more of a preview of this 2022 season. And, you know, something we talked about earlier when we were kind of meeting on this episode, breakout players and who we expect to kind of emerge. Obviously, some guys we might see get called up to the roster later on in the season. They can make a case for that. But, you know, guys we expect to see early on who's going to break out to start the season and, um, you know, kind of emerge from this group. Yeah, I think, I think I'll go with two guys. Well, I'll go with one who, you know, is going to start the year on the roster and one who is not. Um, starting with one who is not and without making it obvious, you know, O'Neal Cruz, Ron Contreras, whatever. I'll say Travis Swaggerty. I still believe in Travis Swaggerty. I really do. I think he's a guy who, as long as he's healthy, I think he still can be a really good player in the major leagues. You know, it, it, his glove's going to play. He's a tremendous defender. He's always been viewed as a plus defensive center fielder in the minor leagues. So you bring him up here and put him in left field, which, I mean, I'll be at PNC Park's left field is probably more challenging than center field anyway. But I think if nothing else, he can be a really good defensive player for you. And if that shoulder is healthy, I still think he can be a good hitter. He's going to get on base no matter what I think. As long as the shoulder is healthy, he'll probably give you some decent power and could become a nice three to four war player down the road. And as for the opening day roster with breakout guys, I, I don't know if he truly constitutes it per se, but I, I will say Greg Allen. I, I think Allen finally getting the opportunity to play regularly, which is something he hasn't had a whole lot of in the past. You know, last year with the Yankees, excuse me, it was only in like 50 plate appearances. He put up some big numbers at the best season of his career. And now he's backed it up this spring. He was good last year in the minors. It's a possibility he's found something and something's finally clicked with him. So let's see what Greg Allen can do. And, you know, if that does pan out and if Travis Swaggerty does pan out, all of a sudden that outfield looks a heck of a lot different in terms of who's, who's, uh, who's cornering Brian Reynolds, who's flanking Brian Reynolds, excuse me, in the outfield. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's going to be, you know, super interesting to see how it shakes out in general. I mean, you got guys like Ben Gamble, Greg Allen, of course, um, you know, and, and who they call up. Ken Smith and Jigba is one of these guys that I've loved this spring and I think is a guy that, you know, could contribute at some point this season. You know, there's a few guys that I think we're going to see get called up. Travis Swaggerty, like you said, another one of those guys that can contribute to this outfield. And in the long run, you know, who knows what it looks like, but like the mix of, uh, you know, some veteran guys, um, you know, and, and a little bit of the, uh, the youngsters in there as well. When we talk about this bullpen a little bit more and Jason touched on, how he thinks it's going to be a little bit better. I'm, I'm with him there, but, you know, what can we expect this to look like early on in the season? And how is this going to kind of evolve throughout the year? Because, you know, personally, I think it's wise to start with six and, you know, give some guys their opportunity to start. Um, but, you know, what is this bullpen, bullpen going to look like early on for the Pirates, in your opinion? Yeah, I agree with him that the bullpen has the ability to be better. I definitely am intrigued. You know, I, I do think... 
if if you get a lead, and now again the starting rotation, you might not have this happen well, but if you can get a lead about the seventh inning with Stratton, with Bednar, with Heath Hembry, who I think is gonna have a nice bounce back season. Anthony Banda quietly pitched really well for the Pirates slash and look at the spring. I think you could be okay. I just don't know how often that's going to happen. Um, and as the year progresses, I'll be curious if the bullpen shakes out. Um, I think Yuri De Los Santos is a guy we're going to see in there eventually. You look at the starting rotation. Do they move JT Brubaker to a full-time reliever role? I mean, I understand the argument for giving him another shot as a starting pitcher, which I think I would do. But his ceiling could be pretty high as a reliever also. So, I mean, like Jason said, and I agree to them, we both think they go six-man rotation to start the year. If you do, you're probably looking at Quintana, Keller, Will Crow, Zach Thompson, Bryce Wilson, and then, you know, is it Dylan Peters? Is it JT Brewbreaker? Peters is a guy who, like Jason mentioned, just he's been good with the Pirates. He just gets guys out and doesn't give up a lot of runs in the process. And while, you know, his his ceiling's probably pretty low, he might be one of those kind of like high floor starters who's just going to go out there and give you quality innings. So it'll be very curious to see. I, I think the roster as a whole is going to evolve a lot over the course of the year, especially the first two to three months. Nowhere more than with this pitching staff. I think a lot of questions are going to be answered between now and probably July 1st on where what's going to happen with Mitch Keller. Where's Will Crow and JT Brubaker's long-term future? Was Zach Thompson's season last year with Miami where he seemed to be breaking out real or not? We're going to get a lot of questions answered between now and July 1st with this, with this rotation and with the pitching staff and, as a whole. Yeah, we are. And, you know, it's just exciting. I, I kind of touched on it earlier to have this much depth. This is something the front office has been big on since Charrington took over. Having, uh, you know, a few different guys you can go to. Will Crow really interests me because, you know, we saw flashes of drastic, two, you know, two different sides to Will Crow this last season. What are we going to get there? You know, with JT Brubaker, kind of the same. Um, so, you know, the pitching staff is going to be is going to be a, a mad show to start the year. Mitch Keller, please do us a service and just figure out a way to maybe just give us one, two, three starts to give us a little bit of hope at least. Um, but, Marty, you know, the Pirates going to uh, your favorite city in America to play your favorite team <laughs> on planet Earth to start the season, St. Louis and Pittsburgh. And, you know, I want to have a full opening day preview episode like we've done, um, you know, these past couple seasons. So we'll save – our, our takes on that but you know as we kind of wrap up on this spring training and look back at a year and off season of course that has been so much different than pretty much all of them very unique year you know how do you think this affects the 2022 season and you know with the rule changes and everything else that the new cba brings is this year going to feel different than you know the season did in 2021 yeah i mean obviously the biggest way it's going to affect early in the season is the 28-man roster in april instead of 26 um, I'm assuming the Pirates, along with most teams, are going to use that opportunity to take two extra pitchers because, I mean, other than Max Scherzer, who's an absolute freak of nature, going out there and throwing six innings in his first spring training start or whatever it was, starting pitchers aren't going to be stretched out or anywhere close to it when the regular season begins. Um, so you're going to need all the pitchers you can you can, you can can take right now. As for the other role change, obviously Universal DH is a big one, which I think could benefit the Pirates. You know, Jason kind of touched on this also. This offense should be better and should have some more power. And a big reason you can see improved power is because with that universal DH, you can put Daniel Vogelbach and Yoshi Susugo in your starting lineup every single day. That's a lot more pop than the Pirates have had in the past. And, you know, Vogelbach is pretty much a dead pole hitter from the left side. That should play well with the short porch right field at PNC Park. So we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, other rule changes I think aren't going to impact things too much this year with the Pirates. But it's just it'll be it'll be an interesting season. It, it's 
anytime you have a season that, and we've seen this, it's been what 2019 since we've had normal baseball season now. So anytime you have a season that starts abnormally, you just never know where it's going to go. But the one thing I don't have to keep harping on it, not sound like it's a dead horse, whatever it may be. But as I have said repeatedly on here, on Twitter, on the website, wherever it might be, this is a pirate roster. It's going to look a lot different and should be a lot more talented and a lot more exciting on September 1st than they're going to be on April 1st. There's a lot of reinforcements on the way, a lot of talent that's coming, and that should make for an exciting season as things unfold and as we get later into the year. Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, you're just peeling back layers of the onion until you finally get to that window of success. And I think this is one of the last layers. I mean, this team is finally, this franchise is finally beginning to, you know, kind of turn the corner with the timetables of these guys in. You know, you're not going to necessarily win on a big scale this year, next season, but we're going to start to see those guys and start to get this team up. Um, You know, 2011, I think we've said that on here several times. This is going to kind of be a similar year, 2010, 2011, with some of those groups. So, you know, just hang in there, guys. O'Neill Cruz not going to be on the opening day roster to start, but, um, you know, I imagine we see him pretty soon uh, into this season. So excited for all of that. Marty, as we close it out tonight, anything else you got going on on the website? Anything else you got going on, um, you know, with the rest of the week? Yeah, not a whole lot. You know, like you said, we'll have a lot of season preview stuff coming out in the next couple of days. Um, I started working on a piece tonight that probably won't drop till a little bit later in the week, maybe Thursday or Friday, about, you know, potential first-time All-Stars for the Pirates this season. So anyone who's intrigued by anything like that and nothing else, just stick with the site. You know, there's going to be a lot of roster moves and roster decisions made in this next week. We'll have you covered on all angles. And, hey, you know what? If you need a place to come vent about O'Neill Cruz, feel free to come and do it with us because we'll vent right there with you. <laughs> we're here for you guys please find us on twitter at rum hunter let us know your thoughts because we know uh there's a lot of them to be had right now and hey marty we got our uh, our fantasy baseball draft coming up next we week do. so i know you're going to be busy crunching the numbers there Absolutely. getting that all, that all fancy, fancy baseball season you know getting ready to move into a new house both my kids have doctor's appointments coming up in the next couple of weeks they both go to the dentist we have kindergarten registration it's, it's going to be chaos in my life for the next month so if i sound like a, a dead man walking on the podcast sometimes or some of my my writing seems illiterate. I apologize in advance because it's going to be a it's going to be a hectic next four to five weeks in the leap household. Yeah, no, good luck with it, Marty. Please, uh, please get it all done. <laughs> we'll we'll give a live look from the dentist office or something if we have to. But um, you know, best of luck with it all, guys. We're going to be back in these coming weeks, of course. So you know, continue to preview, like Marty said, this upcoming season. Hope to have some other guests on here. Great talking to Jason tonight. Big thank you to him for coming on the show. Marty Leap, my name is Trey Yanity. Guys, go to rumbunder.com too. We got all kinds of articles out right now covering spring training. Of course, the O'Neill move today, uh, Brian Reynolds, all that good stuff. Go check it out on rumbunter.com. And until next week, guys, let's go, Bucks.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.